What is up, team? Welcome back to the Red Storm Rapid Reaction Podcast. I'm Pat Kane, and St. John just got slapped in the face by Villanova. A 78-63 trouncing. I'm going to call it a trouncing, a total beatdown. Um, and, you know, we got a lot of a lot of explaining to do, a lot of looking in the mirror to do. And, um, you know, I don't blame guys for not being too confident after tonight's performance. Um, I wouldn't rush to conclusions saying the season's over. Definitely not. Obviously not pleased with anything I saw tonight, aside from a solid first 10 minutes of the game. After that, of which it was uh, bad, bad, bad in all different directions. Offensively, we could start with the shot selection. Ugly, terribly, atrocious for many portions of that game, especially when we needed to be, uh, you know, the exact opposite in a tough environment. Had a nice lead going and instead of playing the way we had been, attacking the basket, you know, starting inside out, working the ball around. We, we forced tough shots early in the shot clock, completely ruin our rhythm, completely allow uh, Villanova to uh, take control of the basketball game, get back into it, and then take control, establish himself, and, and, and pretty much dominate from that point forward. Um, you know, St. John's had a nine-point lead in that first half at one point. In the blink of an eye, it was 13 points. You know, and let me let me rephrase that. It wasn't blink, blink of an eye. It, it took a little bit of a time. It was a, almost methodical for a little while. Next thing you know, they're up four points, but there was three or four occasions where we could have called a timeout to stall that, to refocus, to regroup, to not allow a, a nice nine-point lead in the first half to evaporate like that. And even when it got tied off that original 9-0 run Villanova had, that was, I thought, a shoe-in to call the timeout. You know, there's two minutes left. You still got four, including one of them that's going to go away at the end of the half. We've talked about this before. You know, they usually lose a timeout. The first half timeout, we're so hesitant to pull the trigger there. And it's tied. We don't we don't use it. We end up, uh, Tasha Alexander getting called for a charge with one second left on the shot clock. Van Villanova scores four more points. He'd take a four-point lead. Finally call the timeout. Too late. Far too late. And, you know, that is the tangible thing that I will get on most is just the timeout usage. Obviously, offensively, we can nitpick all we want, and it's it's not even nitpicking, nitpicking at this point. Uh, we're not a good half-court offensive team. Uh, the combination of players we have out there is going to equate to some nights like this where shots just don't drop and we look dreadful. On nights like that, I want to see some adjustments. All right, I want to see a coach willing to make you know adjustments in the middle of the game. I won't complain about the first 10 minutes where we had a game plan. We were attacking offensively. We were playing solid defense. Our rotations were tight. Once the first sign of uh, adjustments came from Villanova and the, and the first sign of adversity came from our team, we folded like a cheap suit and we didn't make any adjustments. What did we say? Play harder? Was that the adjustment? There was no defensive adjustments. We stuck, we stuck with the pressure. We extended it out. We went full court man. It was always man. We didn't show a flash zone. We didn't give them anything else besides let them work the ball around the perimeter and eventually get a one-on-one -on -one ISO. And then, you know, they're so talented and fundamentally sound inside the paint as live ball dribblers. It, it, it makes it impossible to guard one-on-one. -on -one. They keep it on an island in the, in the paint. Next thing you know, they got a good look at the rim. All five of their players in Villanova can do it. They can play with a guy on their hip inside the paint. And we didn't make an adjustment. We let them do it. And they were getting good shots and they were more than willing to work the ball around the perimeter and take their time and knowing those shots were come. Here's an incredible stat. We outshot them by 16 shots tonight. We took 16 more shots in Villanova. We lost by 15 points. That's hard to do. That's hard to do. And uh, maybe there's a 
a, a little bit of a discrepancy there because they did take more free throws than us. So in reality, they probably took maybe five or six more shots than that counts in. We only had uh, a few free throw attempts, so a couple more for us. But still, that's a huge disparity in shot attempts, and it's the reverse disparity in points scored. So it tells us all you need to know about our ability to make shots tonight, our ability to get good shots tonight. Uh, all throughout the lineup, it wasn't pretty, uh, except for one A.J. Store who had a really nice offensive night hit, uh, I think, three threes at 15 points overall and did some good things defensively in the first half. He did get exploited in the second half, but everyone was getting exploited at that point. It wasn't just him. We were getting beat uh, on a man-to-man basis, getting to the hole. And he got got taken a couple times, but so did a bunch of other guys. And he is a guy that we have an option to play more and to utilize more to, um, you know, help us with some of those clear weaknesses we have outside shooting, scoring in the half court. He does have to get better defensively. You also need reps to do that. Uh, I, I get coach uh, not, you know, handing them the, the keys right away, I, I working them in. I think he's got to get a little bit more time and increase those minutes as we go. Uh, Mathis did not have a good shooting night after a solid start to the to the first half. He had two threes early, and then he went cold. Um, Soriano wasn't the problem tonight, but he wasn't the answer either. Dixon had a hell of a game against him. Soriano took a while to get going. He ended up with pretty decent numbers, but um, he wasn't as good as he has been. And he, uh, he, I think he accumulated a lot of those numbers late in the game. Uh, not to say he played a terrible game at all. We'll, we'll take that from our center. But we had been accustomed to seeing him uh, dominate a little bit more. And tonight, especially on the defensive end, they were exploiting us in the paint. And he was nowhere to be found uh, for a lot of that. Neither were a bunch of other guys. Neither was our coach to make an adjustment, you know, and I think I think he does a lot of things well. I think in-game adjustments are a thing you will have to compete with in Big East coaches. You can't be getting beat in that battle every night. You know, you can draw up a good game plan. You could have your team prepared. They could be physically fit and ready. But the game's going to go a multitude of ways. And if you can't, you know, play chess with the other coach, these are – you know, amazing coaches in the Big East. And if you're getting out wit on the adjustment side of things, it's going to be hard to win games consistently. That's just how it is. And I'm not saying he's incapable of it. He's won over 400-something games in his career. He's obviously beaten good coaches along the way. He knows uh, quite a bit about basketball that maybe some co- uh, fans, coaches, uh, media wouldn't like to admit. He's obviously knows some stuff. There's more than one way to get it done. And he does it an unconventional way at this point. And he's going to have to prove that it can still work. That's what I'll say. Um, you know, and a lot like players, you don't know much about them until you see how they uh, fight through adversity. Plenty of times, St. John's gets transfers, D2 guys, I'm sorry, JUCO guys, what have you. And then they have a preseason, you know, season that's worth talking about. Think about uh, Freudenberg. Remember him? Uh, think about Bashir Ahmed early on. Think about uh, Vince Cole real early. Um, and then they have their first sign of a, a struggle against decent competition, and then that becomes more and more consistent. And before you know it, they're nowhere near the player you originally thought they were. You know, that's the cycle of the St. John's fandom when it comes to seeing players early, having high uh, expectations, seeing it perform well against weak competition, and then when the first sign of struggle comes around, you, you kind of realize they're much more closer to uh, perhaps that player than they are they were early on against very weak competition. Not that they're bad, just that they're not the peak 
they were until they saw some poor nights and some nights where they struggled. And similarly, I think we saw that with our team tonight. Uh, we had not been tested. We had not really, aside from Iowa State, where it was over super quick, they, they almost like put us out of our misery in that game because it was over so early. Tonight, uh, we got our first sense of really getting beat up, really having a game taken away from us. Rarely do you see a team so dominated come out and play so well. You know, we had a really good stretch for that first 12 minutes. Um, and like I said, you had a nine-point lead at Villanova. We were doing good things. And then it completely turned the tide. And I saw a bunch of uh, finger pointing, a bunch of, you know, look like disgruntled guys out there. I'm not going to single them out right now. I'm sure if you guys watched the game, you saw it too. There was a bunch of hands up airs, a bunch of what the heck was that, a bunch of where were you, a bunch of just a look like name calling or finger pointing a name calling to me. And that's not, you know, going to get it done against a team like Villanova. It's not going to get it done. Um, you know, consistently in the Big East. Simple as that. You got to come together. We got punched in the face tonight, and we did not get off the mat. Um, not to use analogies to, you know, sugarcoat it. Obviously, it's it's not good. It's not good. I do think we have talent to compete in the top half of the Big East. I do think um, there'll be nights where we click more offensively, and we'll do what Villanova did to us, and we'll blow some teams out. I don't think Villanova is not going to have any more uh, 10 to 15 point wins in the Big East. Those things are going to happen. I'll say it again. The most disappointing thing is that we didn't make any adjustments as a team. And as a player to a man, we didn't fight back and get tougher. When the storm came, we withered in it. You know, we didn't weather that storm. How do you like that? How do you like that saying right there? Someone put that on a shirt. All right. Um, let's go ahead and look at these numbers quick so I can stop rambling and stop, you know, disappointing everybody. I don't blame you guys if you don't want to hear me talk about St. John's tonight. I don't really, but I'm here anyway. Here's the box score. We'll start with the good. AJ Store, like I said, 15 points, six for nine from the field, three for five from the three-point line. Um, he's getting more comfortable. He's an obvious offensive weapon, some guy that uh, can stretch the court and also attack closeout with one or two dribbles. He did have two pull-up jumpers tonight, which is something nice to see, some in-between game. Um, still want to see some more rebounds, some more assists, stealer block every once in a while tonight. He did have a rebound. He did have a steal. All right. So that's, that's a step in the right direction, contributing in different ways. Um, Soriano's line looks pretty here, 17 points, 13 rebounds. It wasn't a 17 point, 13 rebound performance. I'm pretty confident saying that. And maybe we're spoiled. Maybe we're coddled now at this point with how well he's played. Um, for a large portion of that game, he, he wasn't, uh, controlling the paint and he was getting, uh, beat on the other end. Still, 17 to 13 points. Uh, it's, it's hard to believe we're complaining about that right now. Um, someone maybe should smack you in the face we're doing it. David Jones, nine points, eight rebounds, three assists. Another, another line that looks prettier than it was. That one shot he took in the first half, 30-foot shot, first pass in the possession, no one underneath the rebound. Um, off getting beat back on defense the previous play before was just, you know, painted the whole picture for our problems tonight. Instead of working back on defense, and instead, once we didn't get back on defense, it got scored. Um, instead of going back and having a good possession and, and working our asses off to get a good look, we settled for a long free hope and it would go in. And then the next guy wanted to do it because he wasn't sure he could get the ball back. And then the next guy wanted to do it, he wasn't sure he could get the ball back, and so on and so forth. Anyway, Posh Alexander, another you know abysmal night shooting from him. I, I feel for the guy. He he works so hard. He tries so hard. 
shot did not look pretty tonight, and it hasn't gone in to date. Hasn't looked pretty tonight. Might have been a new low. A couple of ones barely grazed the rim. Hesitant to shoot a few others. Um, 0 for 4 from 3. I think all four of those, except maybe one I thought was a quick trigger. The other three were wide open. They were just, you know, he has to shoot them at that point. They're playing them inside the paintings on the free, on the three-point line. There's really nowhere else to go except, you know, you can't play him if he's not going to shoot that and they're going to play him like that. And then later in the second half when Wasu went to make him a, a nice bounce pass through the paint to Posh, who would have had an open layup, he just stopped short and didn't cut. You know, shout out Seinfeld. He, Posh stopped him short right there. And he didn't go for the layup like he didn't want the ball there. And the ball went up, ended up going out of bounds. I thought it was a good pass. You know, Posh is a guy who, who shot uh, near 60% from the rim last year. A guy who finished in the paint well so far in his career and this year he's struggled and now it's a mental avalanche i feel like we're you know once you get those yips around the the putting green it's it's tough to finish around the rim we saw it was with sue last year he's done he's done better of late now still not dynamite around the rim but uh, a lot of that i think can be attributed to a mental approach and posh right now is struggling offensively um we got to see him get going Sooner or later, him playing like this, it's just not going to work. And I got that highlight right there between Posh and Capello combined. They were 6 for 23, 0 for 5 from 3, 0 for 2 from the free throw line, 12 points. Just not going to get it done. If there's one silver line and they only turn it over three times, Villanova is just not a team that's going to, you know, pressure you into a bunch of turnovers. You do it yourself. Mathis, like I said, he had a, a nice, decent start. But after that, he was awfully quiet. Didn't do much offensively, played some pretty good defense, but uh, 11 shots, you know, that's too much for Mathis if he's not hitting them. You know, I think he's got a – that's that's that uh, gray zone with Mathis where it goes between playing well to playing not so well to playing great and playing terrible. You know what I mean? It's it's how many how many good shots does he take. You know, the defense is going to be there. How many good shots does he take? One. And then if it's great, it's how many of those are making. If he, if he misses good shots, then you can't really complain. And the bench story, if it's 15 points, Wasu came in in the first half. We had an 8-0 run when he came in. He did not shoot well tonight, but he did bring in some other things. And he was the one guy out there that looked like he gave a damn late. You know, a couple tough fouls. Almost took a couple of guys' heads off. Uh, five points. I'm sorry, five rebounds, five assists, two points. Did have three turnovers. One of those was that pass I just described to Posh. A little bit of a miscommunication or what have you. Um, not shooting. If he would have hit a couple of those threes early, I think that would have really helped. Uh, his inconsistency from the three-point line this year has been a problem. He does have to get more consistent. Um, if he can't hit any threes and Pasha Grabello can, can continue to be a no-show from the perimeter, and it's going to be hard not to play pin zone at all. Uh, but we'll see how that goes. We will see how that goes. We'll quickly look at um, just the team stats. Look at that up top. 75 shots to 59. 16 more shots we got from Villanova tonight. That's just a, a crazy amount to, to lose by 15 points. Still can't quite get over that. Um, free throw discrepancy. 17 attempts for Villanova, six for us. That first half was just, you know, it's a, a typical college basketball game. I feel like I turn on a college basketball game all the time. You see a first half game, no fouls called, let them play through everything. In the second half, whistle after whistle after whistle. It wasn't quite whistle after whistle. For the majority of that second half, they ended up being both teams had about 10 fouls, though, in the second half compared to neither team being in the bonus in the first half. Only four free throws combined in the first half. But if you get outscored by or get outshot by 11 at the free throw line, outscored by 13 at the free throw line, you're putting yourself in quite a hole, especially with our, you know, like I talked, like I said the other day when Dave was on the podcast, we got to have that free throw advantage. That's a, that's a step in the wrong direction in terms of how we're going to create points. See if that improves. That's 
that's something that we have to keep an eye on. We have to be getting, you know, our fair share of points from the free throw line, especially can't have such a discrepancy where we're losing points to the free throw line. You know, rebounding wasn't too bad. I'm surprised that Villanova only had 38 rebounds with how many shots we took. I would have thought they'd have a slight edge with just the amount of shots taken. Um, we did get after the offensive glass. Didn't do a great job finishing those opportunities we had. Um, but still, you know, I think that will be a strength of ours. It's going to have to be a strength of ours with the way we shoot. Uh, assist to turnover wasn't bad. That largest lead, yikes. 11-point lead to a 17-point deficit. And it all just kind of happened while we stood by and let it happen. Didn't make adjustments as a team. Didn't make adjustments as a coach. Didn't step up to the plate as players. And it was bad, bad, bad. And we got a lot of answers to, to come up with. Um, there's really no time to work on it. We got Xavier at home. And now all of a sudden, you really need to take care of business against a quality Xavier team, a team that's pretty much one of the three or four biggies team that's uh, been respected by everyone throughout the country this year. Uh, you know, one of those solid tourney teams everyone's sure about. They've got supreme talent on the inside. Nunji and Fremantle are two big guys. They can both shoot the three. They're both tough as hell. And they got some, uh, you know, perimeter guys who are pretty damn good. Sulibum or whatever, if I'm saying his name right. He's a talent kid, talented kid. He's lighted it up so far. And um, what's his name? Kobe over there is a, is a good player too. A really solid player. So it's not going to be easy. And it's definitely not a must win, but it's one you really can't afford to lose. So let's go take care of business. Um, for Dwight Hardy, this has been Pat Kane. Thank you guys for listening to the Redstone Rapid Reaction Podcast. Peace.